Welcome to Rollmates, the D&D podcast where I teach my wife and you about Dungeons and Dragons. I'm Greg. And I'm Allie. Uh, welcome to, what is this, session six? Session six. Session six yeah. of our D&D podcast. Yeah, and we have a, a special surprise. Special surprise. Yeah, my good friend John is here. Hello. Hey, John, how you doing? Hey, I'm good. I'm good, man. I... I'm happy to be here. This is really cool. Really cool what you guys are doing. I oh, like it. Thanks. Thanks. Um, well, it's uh, pretty awesome because our topic uh, today is um, a topic that is important to John and myself because without John, we wouldn't really be able to talk about this. That's true. I didn't really even think about that. Yeah. So what's our topic for today? So our topic for today, my question that I'm posing to both of you, gentlemen, what is the best D&D campaign and why is it Curse of Strahd? So, so, <laughs> I'm, seeing, I'm seeing faces of uh, incredulousness. So um, official adventures. Yes, in official this, like, in this case. D&D sanctioned so, well, why, why do you say Curse of Strahd? Because um, you, you, you sound like this is an objective. Because you told me so. Uh, yeah, I have, <laughs> I have told her. Gotcha. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, to be uh, transparent, Curse of Strahd is the only campaign that I know front to back because you read the entire campaign to me. Okay, that's fair. Front to back. Yeah. <laughs> fair. yeah. So I don't I, I probably couldn't like remember all of the details, every single character's name or, or everything like that. But um yeah, I think it's it's the only campaign that I as a as a newbie slash casual know very, very well. And I think it's amazing. Um and in previous conversations when we've talked about campaigns, particularly talked about Curse of Strahd, you've told me that it's like widely considered one of the best or it's kind of the most popular, at least right now, of all of the official D&D campaigns. And so why is that? Like, I want to know why that is. I want to know what makes a good campaign and and why is Curse of Strahd considered to be kind of one of the best, if not the best one? Okay. Um, so we'd be talking about fifth edition adventures because of course people who've played older editions might have also their... please excuse my audio if i sound like crap we're doing the best that we can <laughs> having a guest before we have another high quality microphone so uh please bear with us if yeah. i don't sound so great but I mean, i'll you, let i'll let these two great. do most of the talking so that you can listen to their beautiful voices instead of mine you sound oh, great don't, don't even worry about it you sound fine. <laughs> um Thanks. yeah so in fifth edition there are a lot of lists of what is the best adventure and Curse of Strahd tends to rank number one or number two um, of those lists. And I have many thoughts about why. Um, what, are, what do you consider the best campaign, John? Oh, I guess if we're only talking about the official adventures, it's hard to really pick apart that argument because curse of Strahd kind of does have it all yeah. you know it it has the perfect elements for new players um it makes you it 
provides opportunities that um, won't leave you, you know, bored or sleeping. There's always going to be something, and the DM has a lot of different um, avenues to explore, and and doesn't have to follow the adventure uh, block so rigidly either, um, which you did for us when we ran Curse of Strahd. Yeah, <laughs> um, and. Honestly, all those freedoms that you take make it seem like it's it was written in the book because, you know, there are ghosts and there's all this other stuff. And yeah, the supernatural yeah, is, yeah. I mean, it's very iconic and ingrained in our uh, folklore and, yeah. and that sort of thing. Exactly. Um, and I think being a horror genre campaign in a largely fantasy driven game um injects a a uniqueness but also even people who aren't fans of horror i i have this um i have this theory that um people who aren't fans of horror still like doses of horror and yeah, horror presented in the right way is uh really good for us we we like to be feel afraid um and it's it's perfect for for a campaign you know a new group makes it feel like their characters can die and sometimes they really do yeah it's unforgiving <laughs> it's really unforgiving and you know it, it 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 makes you feel like you have to be careful you know going around corners and another another thing i'll mention that's really good for new players or for a new dm with this um, campaign is that it kind of helps streamline getting into the story quickly there's not a lot of lull in the beginning yeah you know and when you have you know let's say a whole a group of whole new players which is essentially we had that when we played with with our friends um they they've never played before it helps kind of just push the the story the narrative into action so they see oh okay we're not just sitting here listening to greg have story time with us yeah you know, like we actually get to do stuff yeah pretty quick well and 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 being it having it be so unforgiving and having this sense of danger really pushes new players to take action yeah and not just dirtle about and and you actually know, think about like come up yeah. with solutions or or unique ways and even if they're outlandish, but if they sound cool and you're a cool DM, you know, you'll you'll yeah. listen to it and be like, hey, you know what? That actually sounds really <laughs> freaking cool. I'll allow it. So are you talking about like the murder house scenario? Like oh, as yeah, that death first house. kind of yeah, death house. That's that first place where you have to intro. Yeah. You're sink or swim you. in that place. Yeah, it thrusts you quickly into Yeah. This is this is what this adventure is gonna be like. Get used to it. I've had yeah, I've heard stories of I've heard stories of playgroups who've gone through like two total party kills uh, going through that house Whoa. and, you know, just having to roll a new character who you discover trapped in, in the closet or somewhere and, <laughs> oh, just join us in the party. And, <laughs> we, <laughs> and like at the, at the very end of the death house with the monster, they just get wiped or something like that and the dungeon master needs to just come up with a way to have a a new party um maybe investigate the old party's grisly murders <laughs> but um 
I, I do have to thank you, John, because not only did you give me the Curse of Strahd book, but um, it was the first adventure that I ran in Dungeons and Dragons specifically because I, I ran a, um, we were working on a Pathfinder campaign. And then before that, there was a Game of Thrones and, and Star Wars. And with Star Wars. So like Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition, Curse of Strahd was my first uh, campaign, which might give me some bias toward Curse of Strahd, but yeah. having read other adventures, I feel like, um, well, not only Curse of Strahd is based off of the Ravenloft adventure back in 1982, so it's a very old adventure, right, right. Um, but even Ravenloft is based on Dracula, and the creators, they wanted to take the aspects of Dracula that were so compelling um, that he's this very wealthy, very powerful vampire who has control, complete mastery over the land and pitting adventures against that um, specifically because they said that in one campaign they were playing, the DM throws a vampire at him, but it was just like, every joe vampire you know <laughs> like joe vampire. this this could be you know this this could be way more interesting especially because a vampire is not just a normal monster it used to be a person mm -hmm. used to uh, and it still is a person of course but it uh it had desires and dreams it's intelligent. and, and it, yeah it's intelligent and now it's centuries of years old and it's so probably insane yeah, and and it um, it has very a very specific personality that um, is embodied in Strahd, um, that I think is is just fun because he's not just this evil mustache twirling villain who wants to destroy the world. He he really just wants to have a game about it, and and he's just interested in seeing what these adventures are are made of yeah and i really like that i feel like from my perspective there's a lot of campaigns where like you kind of have to save the big bad for like the end like you like work up to that maybe or maybe you encounter them every once in a while but it's like minions or whatever and like Strahd just shows up and fucks with you and then leaves yeah. <laughs> a bunch of times. Like you can just bring yeah. him in to fuck with the characters and then disappear. And it's like, I guess you can build up to like a bigger battle with him. But like you were telling me, like he likes to just like learn about the players and yeah, he finds I mean, them intriguing. And yeah. like, I think that's way more fun to bring the big bad in a couple of times and then take them away. And then you have all these other oh, characters yeah. that you can play with. But then Strahd is still out there and you kind of have this foreboding feeling of exactly. like, when is he going to show up again? You the know, players, the players the whole time are left feeling uneasy. Nowhere is safe because he's all knowing, all seeing in, in, in um, that area. Right. So it's it can be challenging, frustrating for the players, not knowing <laughs> when he's yeah. going to come back or they think they're resting and then the DM wants to just pull a fast one on them, you know? Yeah. And and I think I think the, the real strength of it, of the adventure other than Strahd, is that the players are trapped. 
So um, I like the the fog that he yeah. Has. So so from for some background, uh, Strahd is cursed. Um, Curses Strahd. Yeah, he's Thank cursed you. by the dark powers um, to relive his torment of seeing the one that he loves, who did not reciprocate. Um, her soul being reincarnated. Yeah, you gotta and, gotta torture those women for the sake of yeah, the male yeah, characters, you know. man. And so he's he's. He's trapped in Barovia. Um, and Sorry, I made it dark. Well, no, no, but okay, I and that is something I would like to talk about is um, yeah. Tatiana or what is um, the trope called? The woman in the freezer. Yeah, woman in the fridge. Yeah, uh, girlfriend in the fridge. Something yeah. like that. Um, but yeah, he's so you're in the he's in the land of Barovia. He's the he's the lord of the land, and um, due to his um, his acts it's been trapped in this demiplane and you have the mists of Barovia, which he can kind of control, but he can't like just do away with. So the party can't leave. And I think that's a big strength of the adventure because there are so many adventures that a DM might run and the party will just go off the map and do <laughs> some, or, or they will inquire about something that's just not in the adventure yeah, I think I think the focus of the campaign is its strength. Um, there are so many other campaigns that I've um, that in the course of reading it, I would say this is way too open world. Like that's that's been a problem for me with a lot of like Western RPGs, like uh, Skyrim or Assassin's Creed or something like that, where it's like. It's so open world. There's so many side quests that I just get lost and forget the story, which is already a problem with <laughs> players yes, is forgetting the story. And it's like Curse of Strahd. Okay, there's this asshole fucking with you. You know, um, you just got to deal with the, you got to deal with the vampire in some way. There's no way you're leaving this place without dealing with the vampire. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. I, I I like looking at the other. Um, I mean, I, I hope people don't hate on this. I, I like looking at the other adventures and taking elements of theirs and even applying it to your own campaign. That's separate, but the structure that Curse of Strahd has is just easier on the DM, easier on new players, especially new players. And you know, to to be honest, like these these adventures are are really, I think, catered to new players. Yeah. Um, to get them into into the game and and seeing like what it looks like, how you can maneuver in the world, what you can do, that there are you know limitless possibilities, but like Greg was saying, keeps you streamlined enough that you're not just wandering this you know the pseudo Germany streets, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know like. <laughs> You know, and and then the DM's like, okay, how the hell do I reel them back in to like, they they okay? They just ran away from the vampire. Um, now they're just. Well, I, re I remember. In a bar. I remember you guys. Uh, well, okay, so so what's really powerful is the opening because some adventures have terrible openings. Like out of the abyss, you're in prison, which 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> We've had campaigns fair. where that's open, and it's it's one of the worst openings you can have because the characters can't do anything. Yeah, speaking of Skyrim, right. isn't that how Oblivion starts? Where you're just in prison. That's how Oblivion starts. That's how Skyrim starts too. Oh, true. You, yeah. Yeah, you're you're in, in shackles. You have no agency at the very beginning. Whereas in Curse of Strahd, there's, there, I mean, there's a couple of story hooks. But the general thing is, is that um, it's either werewolves are attacking from some unknown location or you're all in a tavern and this very flamboyant figure comes in, throws a sack of money on the table and says, my master needs your help kind of thing. Um, but um, or you come across a Vistani camp and the Vistani are like the gyp- you know, gypsy racist stereotype. But yeah. but. But to their credit, Wizards is trying to correct yeah, trying that to now. That. Yeah. Um, but you come across their camp and they're telling stories about shot. But in the end, the mist will envelop you and you're transported, you know. And um, and it's just this eerie opening where you're kind of led into town. And I remember that your group, you discovered a dead body in the woods with the, the letter uh, contradicting um because if you were in the tavern the vistana the vistana the letter he gives you they both contradict each other so you're like oh shoot well who wrote who wrote what which letter and and you were there like talking about it and i'm like you hear the sound of wolves and you hear the sound of wolves and you hear the sound of wolves and then, and then everyone started booking it to barovia um but that seems like such a smart like mechanic on the part of like the wizard of the coast writer like you have like stuff like the wolves or stuff like the mist that you as the dm you don't have to say like come on guys let's go you can like bring in an element to kind of like push and pull the the progress of the exactly. of the players yeah. without would that be metagaming am i using metagaming no oh no no uh that railroading is yeah without railroading that's what yeah because the the point the point is is yeah there's a difference because uh in in railroading the DM would conjure up some way to move the characters forward. Metagaming is when you act based on like knowledge, knowledge. you have outside, outside of the game. game. Yeah. Okay. Right. But in in this case, it is Strad controls the miss. This is not the the DM just coming up. So you're role playing as Strad when you're like the mist is coming in and yeah. it's pull, pushing you. Yeah, it's, blah, blah, it's inherently yeah. written. And you know, on tracks. Yeah, and that's what makes it so great for for your players. Right. Yeah, and and Strahd has uh, werewolves and wolves roaming the forest anyway. So this is not, um, this is not you know me telling the players, all right, you got to move along. It's no, you need to move along because you'll die out here. Yeah, that I mean, is, you could stay. You could yeah. stay, and then the wolves come, and then you fight yeah. the wolves, and then the wolves are way stronger than you, and you yeah. don't know what to do, and then you die. And even <laughs> even if the players decide to go out into the mist, they're completely turned around. Um, so there, there's there's no escape. It's you play or you die. That, that's you know what it. I always imagined uh, when we first ran uh, Curse of Strahd, which I know it's 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 ridiculous, but this is what I thought. 
when the mist was coming, I was like, I wonder if we bump the mist, is it like a force field? Like it'll just like push us back <laughs> or can we walk through it? But then I was like, all right, I'm, I won't walk through it. You know, I'll just. Your flesh melts off your bones. Yeah. these other guys that don't know anything about the <laughs> So be a good example. I want to hear what each of your like favorite part, because I have a favorite part of the campaign. What is your favorite character like favorite npc or favorite like location like what's what's something in that campaign that you really really love um one i think one of the earlier memories was when there were those two little ghost kids (laughs) (laughs) fuck those kids (laughs) i I was was playing this um um spurf neblin a, a deep gnome um with a Jersey accent, <laughs> Baz. Baz was his name, and uh, he was a wizard. And I remember, um, like the the friends that we were playing with, they were freaked out by the kids, and they were like, "No, don't talk to them." And I was talking to them, um, just hey, to, how you doing? What's going yeah, on? Yeah, like, like, what's the problem, little girl? Like, you know, just, I don't, you know, just to, because I I'm also the type of player that I like to. Um, you know, get into character, do voices, act it out. And, and I wanted to show um, our friends that, you know, you can do that. You don't have to. There, there are some players that are not comfortable doing that. Um, but that was like the first, I think, one of the first times that we, um, as, as that small group, got to interact with really, really creepy kids. <laughs> it was just like, it was, it was weird. Um, but... It's 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 a it was a random part. I don't. It, it was early on, right? It was yeah. It was Death House. Yeah. yeah. Oh, because they they um in uh when you arrive in Barovia, they're standing outside of the house <laughs> yeah. and they're saying, "Oh, a monster's in our house," kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then the the mists are kind of guiding you to the. And then the... was it in that that house where we almost died to the suit of armor? <laughs> in the first <laughs> battle of the camp, yeah, um, yeah. One of our one of our players uh, was at one life, and then they yep. they critted and destroyed the armor. Like yeah. the he next was Goliath, turn, right? yeah, it was Goliath. a Goliath of Blood Bloodhunter. Yeah, that was Carlos Danger. This Carlos Danger. That's the second appearance Carlos Danger has made on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, and he then saved our lives. yeah, it was him, and then Morgella, who, a sorcerer, stealthed around this yeah. uh, specter. She just pieced out. Yeah, like through, through, like stealthing around three rooms while you two were. Yeah, she just hid in a broom closet. I remember. <laughs> And then there was like a screaming banshee. Yeah, well, the two of you were out in the hallway trying to recuperate. (laughs) And she's like, I'm going to investigate these three rooms. It it pays to take risks. It pays to take chances. Yeah, it does. Um, I mean, we could have dealt with the suit of armor first, you know. Exploration. What is your... That one's tough. My... My favorite part has to be um I like maybe not my favorite part, but my favorite character is Sir Godfrey Gwillem. Um and he's a paladin from the Order of the Silver Dragon 
in Argenvassholt, and they're uh, they were an order whose leader was a silver dragon, and they fought in the last battle against Strad before he conquered these lands, and um, they all became revenants. So you have this revenant paladin. Oh, so a revenant is if someone died unjustly, they can come back from the dead and yeah, an angry ghost and they have like this holy mission to destroy the one that killed them. Um, and even if- So like every ghost from every bad horror movie. No, it's- it's different because like they're not incorporeal. They they have their bodies. Yeah, they're they soulless. yeah they inhabit their body and, and they, they they lack their soul. Yeah, they lack their soul and they retain their intelligence and they don't haunt a place. They know like this is crazy. Like yeah. revenants know the exact location of their quarry all the time. All the time, like a homey beacon. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. if they if their bodies were to be destroyed they inhabit another corpse like the next day. So um, that's an awesome like monster. Yeah. So I think, I think they need, they have so a how year. How do you beat one? We're well, going think, so off topic, but I'm really interested. In this no, one. it's great yeah, <laughs> because it's undead versus undead. Yeah. It's so cool. But um, I think they have a year to defeat their quarry. So you just run. Well, there's that, um, but there are <laughs> yeah, good luck. Um, it so you can come up with like role play things like banishing them. Um, if send if, them to the what is it the dirt dimension that I still can't wrap my head around plane of earth yeah. plane of elements dirt dimension. Earth dimension. <laughs> my face I was like wait I've never heard of this place yeah, yeah. what is it the the plane of elements plane water. of elements yeah. Earth yeah. yeah you could send them to another plane um you could uh perhaps banish them to one of the outer planes dirt dimension is but alliteration hello yeah. You can. It sounds pretty dope. If you could find a way to trap them, like if your GM uh, or your DM has a way, uh, like they gave you a mechanical means of trapping them, like through an arcane spell or something. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, if if you are the object of their vengeance, they are gonna continue to come after you. Wow. Um, So I like him. Well, number one, he's. so is he, he's, I don't really remember that. Is he on the side of the players because he's after Strahd he, or is he just like, I'm killing anybody who gets in my way? He's a potential ally. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he he could be an ally drawn from the Taroka deck that Madame Eva um, draws as one of your ally, like destined allies. Um, Why do you like him so much? Well, he so he's a gay character. What? Uh, yeah, representation, Represent. always great. And... I mean, he's not some pansy. He's powerful AF. <laughs> like he is a paladin character with holy smites. Paladins are awesome. They're awesome, and in an, a, a campaign with undead as like your main yeah. villains, he's doing a ton of damage mm-hmm. to vampire spawn. Just invaluable. Yeah, Strahd, zombies, ghosts. Like he yeah. he's tearing through people. So it's like. Oh no, we did, we gave the gay character to like some librarian or something. It's like no, we gave him to an books are so gay. Yeah, we gave him into to an undead vengeful ghost who can like just spike kill, you know, 
some of the harder enemies mm-hmm. in yeah. the campaign. See, now I feel dumb. My favorite part of the campaign is pretty lame compared to that. Oh no, I like your I like your favorite part. What is the? It's the Amber Temple. In the Amber in Temple. The Amber, yeah. My favorite part. I I just remember when he was reading it to me, like <laughs> sitting up out of bed and just like laughing so hard. It's just like. It's literally just a room in the Amber Temple that when you open the door, just a shit ton of bones fall on top yeah, of you. Yeah, it's just skulls. <laughs> it's just a room it's just that's stacked, of stacked with skulls. And yeah. they all just... And I just thought that yeah. was so stupid and pointless and funny. I mean, I like got... Like just some yeah. random practical well, where else are you store them? Exactly. I mean, I, I, I gotta so say my, my favorite area... There's two favorite areas I have. It is Amber Temple is one of them because there's having the dark vestiges yeah like i think of the players like yeah like sneaking around like trying to be super quiet like we don't know what's in here like what do we have to do open this one door yeah players so are too goofy. curious uh, yeah but having the vestiges um there you can role play with dark powers which are really cool mm-hmm. but i also like the town of uh Valaki because mm-hmm. they're run by a paranoid family that just everything is fine here there's nothing wrong we have like a festival every week (laughs) and everything is great and if you say otherwise we're throwing you in prison (laughs) like it it, like that is a really good area um to 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 role play and 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 that's the thing like there's so many awesome role play area like there's such a diversity where if, if if it's like you know you if you play like storm king's thunder which is not the best campaign it's all giants which i love giants and i and i would like to run a campaign like heavy giant theme but um it is all giants so it's like very it's very samey um out of the abyss is like you're in the underdark so you're dealing with drow you're dealing with dwager like just awful like people yeah, or whatever your eyes so much yeah in that sense. like like there's <laughs> not there's there's a lot of the same yeah types of there's not a lot of like colorful ca- like mm. there's grim character like yeah. because there's literal characters in barovia that are soulless that right yeah they lack emotions but then you have these like vibrant you know interesting like i mean there's uh you know there's like a, a civil war between the werewolves or like a power struggle there's you, aren't there, isn't there like crow people yeah there's where yeah. were raven people those people that are like part animal part not oh oh the <laughs> the um is that another terrible description? Uh, no 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 uh i know i know, you who, know who you're talking about they yeah. have like dog feet they're in stuff? the village of kresik they are um, they're like mutt something like that i know what you're talking about and i mongrel folk mongrel. yeah yeah oh. mongrel folk are and and so you have who the <laughs> john's laughing at me wait what are the mongrel folk so the mongrel folk are human so it says humanoids that have undergone or whose ancestors underwent horrific magical transformations to the extent that they retain only a fraction of their original being their human bodies incorporate the features of various beasts. So you might. That's what I said. They're part animal. Yeah, part animal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No. So, so like you'll Again, have, just you have one who has, 
<laughs> you have one with like the arm of a crab with yeah. like web duck feet exactly. and it has like goat horns or so something. Fun. Freaky it's all. so freaky. And they're in this insane app. And and I mean the Abbey, they're all insane, which you know, crazy asylum, which is run by an angel <laughs> who is stitching together a flesh golem to present as a bride to strat. Like, what campaign has this <laughs> wild stuff? So are, are we are we like definitively saying that Curse of Strata is the best one? Is that what you're saying, right? <laughs> Yeah, I think so. That's what I you're mean, saying? a close runner-up is Lost Minds of Fandelver because it's um, it's in the starter kit, but it's very well laid out, easily laid out. You're you know you're guarding a caravan, you're attacked by goblins, blah blah blah. You eventually make your way to Fandelver, but the the patron who hired you is missing and you're hearing oh, no. you're hearing about um these lost mines with an ancient artifact that can make magic weapons and stuff like that where did this guy go and uh the town is overrun with bandits so you gotta deal with the bandits and then oh the leader of the bandits is in with like this other figure called the black spider who hired the goblins to like attack your brain so it's like this interesting like small conspiracy and oh and then there's a green dragon somewhere oh, okay. if you want to deal with that do you have to deal with the bandits like what if you're like hey guys that sounds like a you problem uh <laughs> no you could always not deal with the bandit that, well that's the great thing about D&D you could always not because even in uh curse of strad you because you, the interesting thing with strad is he has different motives because like he might ha take an interest in your adventure like for sport but he might find one of you very alluring and beautiful and he might want to convert you and make you his bride or uh, hubby I don't know. It's pretty oh. creepy. Yeah. And, Seriously, but, back but, off. <laughs> yeah. Um, or, but the players can choose to give him Irina Koliana, um, or they can choose to protect her, which, uh, speaking back to how Curse of Strahd is very malleable for the DM, I've seen so many interesting things online of how you can make it even more interesting like with um the main goal or the 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 early goal is to protect Irina get her to a safe place and i i found this one user um on reddit and i wish i could credit them um but i can't think off the top but if you search up like curse of strad like how to gm uh Irina Koliana out of DM. GM. Because <laughs> Pathfinder, I'm, you know. Um, yeah, GM is Game Master. Yeah. It's, it's a viable term. Yeah. Um, but I keep thinking general manager. Like working <laughs> at a supermarket or I something. I mean, it's not, not inaccurate. <laughs> but um, but he, he has interesting ways of... Um, different he of dming different aspects of the game but one of the best is irena because he says many people's complaint is that she is just this long lame escort quest but he says no if you look at her character she knows a little bit about fight so you have to extrapolate some of these right. things she knows a little bit about fighting her brother knows more obviously her brother like could have been teaching her to help her defend defend for himself because he knows he can't do it. He needs to take over the town as Burgomaster. But she also, she's fiery. She has this passion. She wants to 
like she doesn't want to be the damsel in distress and so he said you don't and he said one mistake that dms make is like turning her into a leveled character but what you can do is have her learn from the party like if if a party member knows about medicine or something like that have her learn about that or if a party knows about like how to lockpick and stuff like have her learn that stuff because there are situations where she might get captured but she can break her way out if she's like trained on her own like she can be a driven strong character if you make her that way and i think um a mistake that a lot of dms make is i like me personally i don't like just my players doing whatever like i'm not i'm not a railroader but it's but it, it's I f- the campaign is better when you go along with the story and you hit those like those yeah, points like in if, the story, if, right? If they decide to just dump Irina, I I have issues with that. I mean, if if they decide to turn evil or something and turn her if there's in, a motive behind it, right? yeah, if there's a motive behind it, then that's a little bit different. But right. if they're just like, ah, I'm done with this, I'm just gonna dump her. I have a little bit of an issue with that because what what I would do, the thing with Irina and what a lot of DMs suggest, and even the book suggests, Irina in battle, if if it's a battle against like Strahd's minions, is not gonna get hurt. Cause Strahd does not want her to get hurt. Right. So right. if she's in your party, your party is a little bit more protected in a sense. Like your your party What if they decided to use her like as a hostage? then that could that be, would interesting. be interesting. Right. That would be actually really <laughs> interesting. But but then you got to think also how far is that going to get you? Because here's the thing. If you use her as a hostage, Strahd could step in personally. Right. Could, He's like, hey, know. I, I'm going to kill you now. Because, yeah, <laughs> Respect because, for that because, decision, but no, no. <laughs> because uh, one, of, um, one of the interesting things that has been pointed out to me is that Strahd wants her to love him like he wanted tatiana to love him so he's not going to go out and make her love him he wants her to come to his um castle on her own accord and by having the party just hold her as hostage um i feel like number one he if like he somehow will know that they are manipulating her in order to get to him like he he doesn't play the party's game the party plays his game that's how it goes so he takes a personal stake in it kind of thing in that situation um but by making her useful to the party anytime you make an npc useful like if an npc just comes out with a flaming sword the party's gonna be like i want that guy on my team if you make irena useful like if she can, if she can, you know, stitch up the party's wounds and gr- give them a little extra health uh, outside of combat, great. If she, c- if if the party's in town doing something or whatever, and and they're like, all right, uh, we're gonna split up or whatever, and Irina like shows up at the tavern and says, hey guys, I found this because I broke into this person's house or whatever. I I tailed them. Then we're like oh damn Irina like is pulling her weight and and exactly. that's when they care you know 
So I think she can be strong if the play if the DM makes her strong, just like with any NPC. Of course, yeah, that makes sense. So John, what do you think? Like Curse of Shaw, but also other campaigns. What do you think makes a really good campaign? What do What do all your favorite <laughs> campaigns have in common? Um, I think, you know, a good campaign or a good adventure should have all uh, some at least dabble in all the type of elements that you can deal with in a campaign you know some people really like combat and they don't really like role play and so they would prefer those adventures to have their only combat but then if you have a player that doesn't really like combat and prefers the role play and you're playing an adventure you know i guess that goes back to being on the same page in session zero right but Something like Curse of Straw just has that balance where you get to get your feet wet in a lot of different facets of the game and and interact with really interesting characters. Like Greg was saying, you know, you don't really want something to feel too samey all the time. Like, hey, oh, who are we fighting now? Oh, it's more drow. Um, <laughs> all right, new combat, let me guess. Drow, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, in, in Curse of Strahd, you know, and, and other other can. I, honestly, I don't have a lot of experience with the official adventures, but I'm sure there are others out there that have more diverse um, monsters or foes. Um, having just throwing something new at a player um, just keeps it fresh, interesting. They can approach the fight differently, especially if you know. Let's say they're used to fighting, you know, humanoid size, and then all of a sudden a giant is thrust into into the fight. Like, okay, well, I can't just walk up to him and punch him, you know, unless you know you're you're a monk, I guess. Um, jump up, and punch yeah, jump him. up and punch him. But you know, it's having those different elements, having the those periods of time where you can, you know, investigate a location, find clues, solve puzzles. Um, or solve mysteries, role play with uh, you know other NPCs that might you know tell you something that you don't know already, you know because and having a like a that that shroud of mystery of not knowing why you're there, how you got there, and how the hell you're gonna get out of it, you know that's I think. It's, you know, and I, I keep bringing it back to new players because that's I, I feel has been our experience. Um, it's just something that can show them like, hey, you can actually do a lot in in a in a game like Dungeons and Dragons, and it's it's not what you may have been led to believe it is. You know, it's you can play however you want to play it. Yeah, I think that's a really good point because I feel like a lot of people have like maybe have a preconceived notion of what D&D is like, especially, you know, if you've seen Stranger Things and, you you yeah. know, you have this very stereotypical idea of like, oh, dragons and giants and whatever, you know, Lord of the Rings style epic fantasy. And then you're thrust into this Dracula gothic horror thing. Yeah. And I, I can just imagine for a new player that kind of delight of like, oh, this is this is cool. Like this is different than what i thought it was going to be and like i feel like it's not to get too like kind of corporate thought but like it's in wizards of the coast best interest to make 
the campaigns that they release really grab a new player because that's now a loyal customer to buy all of your proceeding 100%. merch and stuff like that. So accessible. yeah, absolutely. You wanted to really grab them and for them to think like, okay, well we finished this campaign. Like what's the next one? Like I want to jump into the next one. Oh, so like I was there for that session when you guys played, but I wasn't really playing, but I was still like, I was listening and I was like, Oh, this is, this is cool. This is fun. This is entertaining for me as like a passive audience kind of to to take in this story and i also really like too how i feel like the campaigns that i have played it's like something like if you walk into like a village of of people they're not as interesting as when you walk into a village in curse of strahd and you have like those super paranoid festival people or the soulless people or the the mongrel folk or the vastani who like this is not just a random town of humans, you know, this is an environment that is fucking twisted somehow, or in the case of maybe the Vistani, a a culture that has a very distinctive feel to it, whether you want to go down the, like the gypsy path or not. But I think it's interesting with Strahd that there is absolutely no like normal. Everything is fucked. Right. Because they were all just ripped from wherever they were before. So there is no base. There's no, um okay well we're in this normal cute little village we can kind of get comfortable or we can feel safe here and no i think you said that really like nowhere is safe everywhere is a little bit twisted until you manage to escape that place and it's like out of the frying pan into the fire we're in another fucked up place how are we gonna get out of here and it's all still linked back to strad and his whole on the land and um everyone's in fear of him like that that's the thing i mean the the campaign communicates the stakes like right away like just how um or or they the intensity of the villain um everyone's afraid of strad you know they call him the devil strad like Voldemort almost. yeah like, they whisper do not speak his name yeah they don't speak his name um they're uh, people would like to get rid of him they just can't do it because they've lost all hope kind of thing yeah um i feel like so many good epic stories have that like i mean harry potter lord of the rings um what was the other one that just passed through my mind i'll think of it in a second but Uh yeah like this this nameless force that everyone has just lost hope in conquering until like the valiant hero shows up and has a new Oh, uh, Star Wars, you know, like finding the Empire. Like, it's too big. We can't do, we can, you know, rebel and do our best, but nobody can defeat it until one person comes along and they hold the key, you know. I think um, uh, what I like in my campaigns and what I think Curse of Strat is so effective at is it's, and what I think horror is so expected or is so effective at is. People think D&D and they think, oh, I'm going to fight like a Hydra and, you know, I'm here. I'm here to do battle kind of thing where Curse of Strahd. I remember that first session, like a good half, half of the session into the death house. We didn't, we didn't, you guys didn't fight anything. Yeah. Like the whole first floor was like normal. Yeah. And, and you were still 
yeah you're st- it was normal for like this kind of sense of security because the outside it was getting dark you heard the yeah. wolves you had the creepy kids like saying there's a monster in the house but you you're you're still treading lightly because it's so quiet but then it starts to sprinkle in these little things there's there's a um a hidden library in a closet or this demon stuff which you realized was actually kind of bullshit like the the yeah. books were nonsense um and and but then as you go on you realize like people were murdered here and you know you have the suit of armor and and it's just a slow build and i love slow builds in campaigns like a lot of dms think they just got and bam you got into a fight and <laughs> like the what is what am i thinking of like pokemon when it's like da, 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 yeah da, yeah da. yeah <laughs> like they, they think they think they need to start the campaign with something big to grab their players you. but yeah. with curse of strad it's you know it, it's 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 a slow burn and you know what's coming it is a slow burn yeah and you know it's coming and and the way they pull you in is um it, it it's inevitable too with the miss um and i also think again things are so varied uh with the different towns and how to it but it's the focus is always there and the party knows like the the players don't need to do a whole lot of work in their heads as to to where to go and so um other campaigns i feel like you would you lose focus both as a party as in you know what the hell are we doing but then also as a dm like how can i like my party kind of veered off track how can i get them back on track or how can i link link what they're doing with where um they should end up kind of thing i have a question uh with other adventures are is it usually known to the player who the big bad is so early um not not really really, it depends it really depends on the adventure because i'm Um, sure that like the one like the with tiamat you know right yeah rise of tiamat you know uh lost minds of fandelver you 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 see a letter it's like signed the black spider and so but the other ones not so much it, no, it really it really depends because um, you have descent into Avernus. You know that Zariel, like Zariel, is the the Duke of of Avernus, but um, you don't necessarily know that she's the big bad. Does the player know the that end. going in? Um, like, I don't think so. Not no, really. Yeah. Not really. I mean, the the character wouldn't know that. Maybe the player no knows. the the character wouldn't know that. With out of the abyss, um, not really, because it's oh, we're in prison, we're trying to escape, so we think Drow are our main enemy. Yeah, kind of. So thing. that's the, the reason why I asked that is because I think that's something that really makes Curse of Strahd really good is that you know who it is. Yeah. Except you don't know anything about him. You don't know why he's there, why you're there, why he cares to keep you there. Yeah. And that makes it that adds to that element of of mystery. Right? Yeah. You you're told in yeah. the first letter a vampire bit my daughter. Like 
you got it. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's it. It's like out of the abyss, there's a point that maybe you see the symbol of Demogorgon or you see the cultus of Demogorgon. But it's after you've been running from the drow and, and stuff yeah. like that. Um, so other other campaigns are a little bit unclear. And that gives the DM freedom to link those Absolutely. things. or And yeah. of course, the DM can just chop off entire sections. Yeah, It's up to them. Um, but Curse of Strahd, I think running the whole campaign, like all the chapters is great. Running some of the chapters is great. They even do a Halloween special where it's called Strahd Must Die Tonight, where you start off in Castle Ravenloft. And yeah, it's on Halloween. You start off in Castle Ravenloft and for like three or four hours, you got to hunt down Strahd and either, and it's like every hour, um, you know, there's like a phase change or something. And it's like, Strahd needs to die tonight or or the party loses. Okay, so in our first wedding. Oh, we you will play that? Okay. Yeah, and you, and you could jump awesome. into it with a, a character ready to go. Don't need a backstory. You're here to hunt down Strahd, you know? So, yeah, that's... So that kind of speaks to the testament of the campaign that it has its own, like, holiday kind of thing, you know? So, side questing. Yeah. yeah, I know a lot of, a lot of people love Strahd. Yeah, they, they even they even made a Strahd must die tonight last year, but he's been turned into a mind flayer. Oh, what? <laughs> so just make him ridiculous. Yeah, it's like you knows. killed him the last time, but he got turned into a mind flayer <laughs> before you. And is there are there other mind flayers there? Is there a hive mind? Uh, I think so. I, I'm not entirely insane. sure. It's insane. Yeah. Be, and, and the whole castle is now themed about like around telepathy. Like you're oh hearing God. stuff and things are weird and all that. Yeah. It's, it's great. Strat yeah. is great. He's awesome. Well, we got to wrap up. But um, thanks for being here, John. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah. This was fun. Get ready for guests. It's been awesome. We figured um, Curse of Strat is a perfect topic to have you on. So I'm glad you were yeah. here. Nice. It's an honor. <laughs> <laughs> you are you are officially a role mate. All right, yeah, awesome. and so I guess Curse of Strahd is the best D and D campaign. Objectively, decided. even though we did not provide many examples about other ones, because really that didn't. doesn't matter, <laughs> right? Because everyone plays Curse of Strahd every time. Yeah, but and that'd be hard to do. Like we'd have to give us like synopsis of every single other campaign in an hour and then prove why well, we'll probably we'll probably cover other campaigns yeah. uh in other episodes we'll cover and other stuff. campaigns curse this, this was best. about curse of Strad. yeah <laughs> pretty decent awesome yeah. cool well um all that good stuff please subscribe to the podcast yeah go on twitter yeah we're on twitter rollmates pod um let us know what you think we really enjoy getting reviews on our podcast that yeah. lets us know that you're enjoying it and it helps other people to find the podcast. Um, and yeah, anything else? No, just cast that sending spell to our us. It's a little joke. Okay. <laughs> We're all nerds here. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. <laughs>